This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast. And Teba K Rambles podcast. Where a couple of friends review the latest movies. And Korean dramas. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering what's going on, we're in the middle of this mini spooky season over on Teba K Rambles. And you're listening to a crossover episode. <laughs> Rico, I know, hey, Rico is the OG co-host of Tebak. And even though his work schedule takes him away from being able to co-host, he's still producing every episode. And we usually talk about movies weekly on Always the Critic. So Rico, how have you been? The last time you were here was Sweet Home for that review. Yes, Sweet Home, uh, which would have fit perfectly in this season <laughs> that you're doing right now. Yeah. Um. So I've been doing pretty well, uh, just, you know, watching as many movies as I can, which if you look at my output, it doesn't really seem like a lot. No. It actually seems like I'm not really trying, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually making an effort in, in trying to watch movies, uh, trying to get out there and, you know, put my AMC A-list to good use. Yeah. We went today and watched Hocus Pocus in theaters, which was <laughs> super nice. I thought, oh, okay, like whatever, Hocus Pocus, this should be fun. But then I walked out and I was like, that was a really fun experience because the audience was packed and we had this dude that was sitting in front in the row in front of us. I don't even know why he was there. He didn't come with any kids, any like spouse or anything. He was sitting in between two older couples, which I was like, okay, two elderly couple sitting in a hocus pocus but okay this guy was having the best time he was laughing at all the jokes he was into it so it was a nice hot crowd that is pretty cool i know i love when uh, a crowd it's a good crowd yeah love a good yeah. crowd in a movie theater uh and speaking of hot crowds next week like <laughs> i gotta figure out i gotta talk to daniel romero he's a friend of the show He's been on the show and because he has tickets for the, the Swift concert movie. So do and I. Exactly. So I need to get it from him. <laughs> oh, so. right, right. Because you're going to get his tickets, right? Yeah. I think I'm so. seeing it on s next Saturday. So for those who don't know and maybe don't live in America, we're talking about the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert movie, which is coming out in theaters and is single-handedly saving the movie theater this season because of the <laughs> oh dual strikes God. for WGA and SAG-AFRA. So we're glad to see Taylor uh, doing a good deed here and <laughs> not for not for all of us, really, <laughs> but oh. excited to see the show again because I did manage everything. She's I know. boosting movie theaters. She's boosting the NFL. NFL. I know. Like, everywhere she goes, man. I know, I know. It's crazy. Okay, but this is like a huge tangent. Yes, so anyway, we're here to review the Netflix original movie that just came out. I had kind of saw the trailer and I was like, ooh, this looks good. And I showed it to you, Rico. And you were like, okay, like it looks pretty pretty good. What, what did you think when I showed you this trailer? I thought, okay, it looks like a fun um, action thriller type of movie, you know, where we get to see, you know, when a, a female lead kick ass, you know? And yes. so the movie that we're talking about, uh, that is the movie Ballerina. Yep. It's on Netflix. It just came out. And uh, I watched it last night. You watched it last night, I'm guessing, as well. I watched it a couple hours ago. Oh, a couple hours? Oh, so you're even more fresh than yeah. I am. Gotcha. So, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that right now. But before we get started, if this is your first time listening, first off, thank you. And number two, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. 
And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And for Tebak K-Rumbles, you can find us at Tebak Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It is such a great way for you to get involved and show your support and get a bunch of extra content. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Uh, We've gained a a couple new patrons, so this is going to be a little longer. Thank you. Shout out to our patrons, Curtis Bale, Cindy CD, Alana Grace, Lorna Lee, Sammy, Caitlin, Michelle, Tenmei, Adya, Aram, Aaron, and Grace number two, new patrons. Thank you. Welcome to the party, Aaron and Grace. Thank you for your support, as along with everybody else who has been a supporter already. We really appreciate it. So, today... Let's talk about the movie Ballerina. Jessica, what is that movie about? I got you. The IMDb synopsis reads, Grieving the loss of a best friend she couldn't protect, an ex-bodyguard sets out to fulfill her dear friend's last wish, Sweet Revenge. It is directed and written by Lee Chung Hyun, who has done a few other movies and one miniseries, but the movie that I have watched is The Call from 2020, which Uh also probably fits really well with the spooky season <laughs> because and it also stars the same uh female lead jung okay hope i don't mispronounce her name jung oh, i've already got it wrong Jun jong so plays okay. okju in ballerina and yep. she was also in the call but she was a i don't know if i want to spoil it i'll just say she was in the call she's in the movie the call yes and it's really good and it also stars Pak Shine from The Heirs. Okay, got it. Memories of the Alhambra. So those are some other shows from Pak Shine. But this movie, Ballerina, also stars Kim ji as Pro Choi. <laughs> I just made a TikTok about this man. Um, <laughs> he's like ridiculously hot in this movie. He there really is, is no re- like no reason for it. No reason. The shots that they have of him, like cleaning the car, washing the car. Yes, you, I know. Do you remember these? Yes, like, I, did. I was like, what I was is like, going what? on? Why? But okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Fine. So, Kim Dian, you might have seen him in Flower of Evil, which we have also covered on the Tebak feed. He is the. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, he's in that show. And he's maybe not so good. For Jung Song, oh my God, Jung Jung So, the female lead, you might have seen her in uh, Burning as well, the 2018 movie. Ah, okay. Do you remember that movie? Yes, have I you do. Seen it? Okay, yeah, she's in Steven it. Young. She's the girl. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I kept looking at her. And I was like, where is she from? And I couldn't quite place it. And there we go. Now I have an answer. Yeah, there it is. And we have Pak Yudim plays Minhee, and then we have a few other really noticeable or notable people in here. We have Pak Hyung Su as Myung Shik, he's the um, pharmacist. We have Kim Mu Yul as the CEO. You might have seen him in Forgotten. Yeah, Forgotten with Kang Hanul, which is also like a thriller that I just watched the other day. Like, this is incredible because I was like, oh, my God, all these people together. And then we have Kim Yong-ok as sort of a bit player. She's the gun dealer. This is the um, grandma that we see in every single K-drama. Ah, got it. I love her. Actually, you've seen her because she was also the old housekeeper in Boys Over Flowers. Oh, okay. Boys Over Flowers. Oh, my God. I know. We can't rehash it. We can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we don't have to. We don't have to. But if you want to hear our take on Boys Over Flowers, you got to scroll all the way back in your podcast feed on the Tebak feed. It's episode one. Uh, I'll go ahead and give the, the critics consensus because the Rotten Tomatoes score based on seven, <laughs> seven reviews so far is 100%. And then the audience score is also 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this tickles us because we're constantly looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score right. for our weekly movies on Always a Critic. And it's 
never a hundred percent. Even great movies, yeah, never a hundred percent. The best movies ever, no. Like no. ninety eight is what you can hope for, right? Right. And, psh, no. Like Rotten Tomatoes has its own issues, and like well, I don't, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, hundred percent. So Rico, what did you think of this movie? Um. So. I was watching the movie, right? Oh, Lord. Um, I saw the runtime of an hour 33. Yes. And I was like, oh. Okay, I was so like, bless. Yes. And somehow it still felt long. Get out. I think this is a bad movie. Get out. This is a bad movie. Uh, okay. I think, so here's why I think it's a bad movie. I think the reason why it's bad is that the movie does not really give us full reason to care for the lead character. I think that they do not such a great job of making you care for the relationship with her best friend. They do flashbacks, you know, and the way the movie kind of treats it, like you, you can't tell if it's a best friend or if it's like a lover, like the way, right. You know, right. They, they kind of dance with that. Um, I think the the surrounding antagonist or the villain, um, I'm talking about like the CEO and like the gang related stuff, mm-hmm. doesn't really like integrate itself well into the movie. I think that they do it kind of haphazardly. I feel like this movie is all style, no substance. Because you know what it feels like? And the I kept getting this feeling is that the movie looks like it was shot as a music video. Mm-hmm. A lot of the movements, a lot of the lights, a lot of the types of things that you would see like in today's current iteration of music videos. That's how this movie was shot, which in a lot of cases, it looks cool. You know, I think that it left me wanting more in mm-hmm. terms of the action. I don't think there's enough action in this movie that's feels it's supposed to be a revenge action movie and it kind of falls short on that. There's not enough of that either. And with the action, the way <laughs> the way it's it's <laughs> shot, it's way too many movements. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like you can't even appreciate like the full on like fight scenes all the way through. So overall, I was having a hard time enjoying this movie. I was like looking for reasons to really enjoy it. And I could point here and there, but for the most part, I just sat here and I was like, well, that was a movie. And so uh-huh. what uh-huh. what did you think, Jessica? Okay, so when you said you didn't like it, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then I kind of just agreed with everything that you said because I think it's really beautiful to look at. And it reminded me a lot of the recent John Wick movies. Yes. Where it had like a lot of that neon binary lighting. Oh, for sure. And they're they're definitely drawing stuff from John Wick. But when you start drawing stuff from John Wick, you naturally draw the comparisons as well. Uh-huh. And because you hard. have this sort of invincible central character with a bone to pick. Right. Yeah. And I think that her performance is so like stiff. Like mm. she she doesn't she gives us maybe one or two moments of like emotion, but for the most part she plays it like very flat. In terms of she's not going to give us anything in the face, like in terms of like emotions, emoting um, her her demeanor as a character is just no intimidation at all. And that's by design in the movie. But even after the audience knows that she is like a badass killer, even then it's kind of like, well, I want to see more of her being this badass killer and Mm -hmm. we don't really get it so Mm -hmm. so that's one of my complaints i think for me i was hoping 
that she was the ballerina. Yes. That's another thing. That I was, was really hoping, and I thought that's what I thought, that she was the ballerina going into it, but she's not. She's not. She is getting revenge for the ballerina. Correct. Right. Um, there is an element to this that is real. Um, I can't remember what documentary it was, but I watched this documentary in South Korea from South Korea. Not that I was in South Korea and watching this documentary, but, <laughs> but it was from South Korea and it was this serial killer who was doing what the villain was doing in this movie, who was like a well-off dude. He was um you know, maybe this is spoiling it. I'll just leave this I'll just leave this for the spoiler section like what the real life story that I watched that I was like, this is very similar. Yeah. Um, I'll leave that for the spoiler section. But anyway, I felt like it had roots in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely but, see. But bringing in the gang or cartel or whatever you want to call it was a little bit jarring because you're like, oh, he's not this one-off dude. He's got this whole infrastructure behind him. And in my mind, I was expecting it to get way more intense. Like, oh, now the the hunt is on because he's not alone. It's not this one-off dude who she's trying to get revenge on. It's everybody else that's backing him. Like, she has to dismantle the whole thing. Right. The movie kind of wants to lead you there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I don't think it really has a it's just underwhelming satisfying yeah exactly it's underwhelming it's not a satisfying way of getting there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also with what you're saying his character once it's revealed that there's like an entire cartel i thought like we were being introduced to like the big bad and it doesn't really mm. go that way but we'll talk more about that in spoilers though mm-hmm did you like the inclusion of the high school student? Uh, the high school student, uh, her name is, uh, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Shin Sehui? Yes. That's um, her real name. Right, that's her real name. Yeah. Uh, uh, I see what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. is that they were trying to integrate like a um, naive, uh, helpless type of victim type of character for the bodyguard to be in charge of and to look after. But it, it didn't really no. like, amount to anything good or anything no. well. Like you think that's going to light a, a fire in her to really dismantle this cartel, human trafficking no gang or whatever. And she's just kind of chill about it. Like there's no reaction from her. No, it, it, and it's Oktu. not even like they don't re- even do a good job of like making it so that she sees the ballerina in her, like, you know, drawing comparisons. Right. Yes. Because that would have been good to do, you know, mm-hmm. that she like, maybe reminded her of her friend. But they don't do a good job of doing that. I wish they would have. And then you you get more sympathy for her relationship and the way she's uh, dealing with everything going on with her friend, her old friend, the ballerina. So, um, one thing I will say that the the acting in this movie kind of ranges. Uh huh. Like, there's good performances. Like, I would say, uh, Pro Choi, the character as a villain, uh, he's yeah, menacing. Yeah. Like he, he's is, like you like that dude. Yeah, like I think what he, he did. was really good at being what he is. Just like this, a sadistic, like into some weird and legal and crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he does it in this terrifying way when he looks at like women. He has like this really disgusting like look about him. That was very mm-hmm. convincing, like as a villain. So, shout out to him. Um, I did not like uh, Munchik, the pharmacist. You didn't like the pharmacist? No, I didn't like the pharmacist. Bro, you didn't recognize him? That's one of the brothers, the evil brother 
from Crash Landing on You? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I was trying to play some, and I was like, I know this dude, but, like, yeah, <laughs> that performance was so, like, I don't know, it kind of felt, like, over the top, just like. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, ooh, there's, here's another question about the way we watch the movie. In terms of watching it, how did you watch it? I know Netflix, but, like, subtitles, dub, what? how did you go about it? Bro, so I don't know why, but, like, Netflix is constantly pushing dubs on me. Yeah. Every So I press play, and I watch a lot of Korean stuff on Netflix. It knows me. I never do anything dub. I never choose dub. I always choose subs. And it started talk like the guy in the convenience store started talking and it was dubbed in English. And I was like, what the hell is this? I had to stop, <laughs> put on the sub, make sure it was good and then pr- play it again. Did that happen for you, too? It did. But I did not change it. No, I left. It. <laughs> and to you me, watch the dub. I watched the dub with subtitles as oh. well. Which was hilarious to me because they would say something, but you would read something different. So that was funny. You're killing me, Smalls. I'm not, you know, taking points away from there. I'm not because that. And they just dumped it. It, But it was it was so funny to me that some of the things that they said didn't quite match like the subtitle itself. Like they would change around some words or stuff like that. So, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. Jessica watched it the correct way, which is no dubs with subtitles. And I, I watched it with a dub and subtitles. I cannot. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Mistake what to by say. me. That was a rookie mistake by me. But yeah. Um, there's a Damn. couple things that like just kind of don't really make sense to me as to why they mm-hmm. happen in the movie and we'll talk about that in spoilers as well. But what's what's something that you wanted to mention before we get into that though? I think it reminded me a lot of other movies and maybe that's the biggest crime I think of this movie is that mm. it is extremely derivative and sort of even if it's derivative and it's doing similar things as other movies. I think it's just not doing anything different, original, memorable. I agree with that. Because when you look at some of the movies that it kind of reminds you of. Like, you know, we're talking about stuff like Atomic Blonde, Colombiana, Peppermint. Oh, God, I forgot that. Do you remember Peppermint? Peppermint. Yeah, it's with Jennifer Garner. Yes. Um, you know, uh, The Villainous, uh, Lady Vengeance. There's like quite a few movies where we have a female protagonist who is, you know, an assassin, a trained killer. Um, also, you can kind of draw some comparisons. Obviously, we said John Wick, uh, Taken, uh, The Man from Nowhere. Like, there's a lot of movies that it's kind of drawing from, but not doing it like you said. Not really changing up the cliched manner of mm-hmm. these type of movies. And also um, just doing a poor job of copying <laughs> some of those cliches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah. if you want to do a copy of something, you're go- you got to do it at least at the same level of the thing you're copying. And I don't <laughs> think this movie quite does it. So I don't want to lambast this movie fully. Like I think no, that no, no, no. there's some innovative stuff and watching like some of the fight scenes are are cool. I think there's a sense of a threat and you can feel like the griminess of like the villain. And I think it's very effective. That's really good for the movie. You need someone that you just hate and just cannot stand in a role like this mm-hmm. and they did a good job of portraying the villain like that so so i want to say that before you know we get into spoilers and all that i think if you're looking for a similar movie where you know you got this really cool interesting 
very silent and stoic um, fighter, you know, assassin, what have you, going after a larger cartel, like system, something like that. It's the man from nowhere. Mm. I adore that movie. I don't have a single bad thing to say about it. It is amazing. And if you like, um, oh my God, maybe like a combination of Taken and Leon the Professional. Oh, okay. That's what The Man from Nowhere is. Yeah. Okay. That's that's actually, that's a good combination to have. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good combination. I know. I know. And it's not that you can't have a stoic like main dude because that is the man from nowhere he's barely cracking any sort of emotion same with john wick john wick is like a robot for a lot of the movie yeah he is right like he's not really okay so i'm not i don't think that necessarily her being this cold unfeeling like central lead is the issue because they do it in other movies Mm -hmm. i just think maybe they just didn't build her right with the writing yeah um this is probably and it's usually this goes against how i feel but this is a movie that i think needed just a little bit more time in terms of like just establishing her character a little bit more the movie you know what i like too You know what I like is that there's usually a person in one of these movies that hypes up the central person, like the protagonist, right? They have it like, consider Rambo. The colonel comes in and he's telling everyone in the town and the police force, you don't know what you're doing. You need to back off now. He's he's trained here. He's trained there. He grew up in the dirt. You don't understand. He's going to, he's going to mess y'all up. And he's hyping up Rambo. And you don't really understand what Rambo's capable of until this person comes in and says, you're going to die if you keep coming at this person. Yeah. And I think that... And there wasn't a hype person. No, there wasn't. In this like, movie at all. Even with something like Taken, right? Once the authorities get involved and they start looking into the past of like Liam Neeson's character, mm-hmm. they do the whole exactly. profile of like, exactly. oh my god, this guy is X. You know, that's the same whatever. for the man from nowhere. They start looking into his background and they're like, the files are sealed. Like that's uh, that sort of stuff that builds him up, right? right? Plus John Wick, you have John Leguizamo. That's like, whose car did you steal? And it's like John, oh, Le- John and then Le- he's like, and he's oh like, no, no, he slaps the kid. He talks on the phone with the dad and he says, well, your son stole John Wick's car. And the the, the mafioso goes, oh, like all that like, is character that. building. Yeah. You know? And like the way they would talk about him and like call him the Baba Yaga and mm-hmm. just like all this crazy stuff. Yes. It builds a mythology. Like the lore, you know. Lore yes. and mythology. That's what was missing from the character. Like if I we would have so. known like oh, like, oh, shit, don't mess with this person, <laughs> you know, but like they kind of just toss it in in a in a brief conversation of like, oh, I work security detail, right. you know, it, th- it that's not impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, what is impressive is like if we had a character like, are you hanging out with so and so? Do you know who she is? And like, mm-hmm. you know, like if they would have done something like that. Then right. you kind of get a sense of like, oh, that's all they had ass. to do to put the hype person in there is have the CEO character who's Ooh. like the opposite of the villain. Right. The other hat coin, the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Be like, who did you who are you trying to kill? And like it comes into view that it's this girl and he knows about her or he's seen her in action or something like that. And he's like, you don't know what you've done. You could jeopardize everything, everything we've built, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's all you need. Yeah, exactly. You need someone who is afraid of the character before right. we know why you should be afraid. Cor- yes. Yes. I think, I've, I think I've caught something there. Plus, you just fix all the fight scenes because the fight scenes were very nolan Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's talk about this in spoilers for sure. Okay. So 
what we're going to do now <laughs> is we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk spoilers for Ballerina right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, you want to come in? All right, let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for Ballerina. We left off on mentioning Christopher Nolan taking a stray <laughs> here just randomly, but <laughs> there, uh, yes. So uh, the big moment was the fight in the hotel. Uh, between uh, our our hero and our villain, so Okjo versus Pro Choi, and bro, like bro. the cameraman was. I hope they paid him well with the amount of just like following all the different directions that every pun- <laughs> every single punch and kick had to have a camera movement. Right. Um. Yeah, it, it was too much because like you can't. You, it was not cohesive enough to was, be able to be like, oh, what what the hell are they doing right now? It was disorienting. Like, I was having a hard time, like, did that punch land? I, and by the time, like, I thought that thought of, did that punch land, you know, they're doing something else. And I'm just like, wait, what happened there? I like, it was having a hard time with it. I know. But the one thing that I liked about that fight is how it started. Because yes. he's, like, groping her. She's supposedly drugged. And... She's pulling a knife out from under the pillow and they don't show like what happens when she lunges forward. Right. With they don't the do knife. the immediate thing. And they show his face in the mask because he's wearing like a BDSM mask and he's got crazy eyes. Oh, my God. And you see some blood fall on the bed, on the white sheets of the bed. And you're like, oh, did she get him? They pan over. It's his hand. He caught the knife. Which is and you're like, crazy. oh shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, like that's a cool. Moment. That was a good start. Yeah, that's a good start to it. Um, then you know that entire fight. Like, there's a couple of moments that I was like, oh, that looks cool. But then at mm-hmm. the same time, there's like too much that is just disoriented. Then we get like added characters come in, like where we get the guy with the shotgun, like the yeah. with the weird haircut. <laughs> like with the what terrible was? Well, I thought it was like a wig, cut. bro. <laughs> door of the Explorer, bro. Seriously, can you say shotgun? But like he comes in and starts shooting up the bed, and you know there's some cool moments where he's able to, she's able to, you know, take him out, and then. Yeah. Okay, so here's one thing. The guy with the chainsaw. Yeah, the guy with the chainsaw. He comes, (laughs) he starts running, and there's a moment where the camera is like like from the outside looking in as they're running towards each other in the hallway. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like something that you kind of would see like in Scott Pilgrim when they Mm. do like a surreal look at at like the, you know, whatever is happening. And then it's like... completely cut short with the door opening <laughs> the door opens yeah and then in, insert our, our high, high school, school student, student who is a victim of trafficking and who is like basically stuck as a as a sex slave right in this hotel right which this is something that we should talk about real quick is that the the big thing about this movie is that the villain is part of this cartel that you know, they deal in drugs, but they also deal in sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And Pro Choi, in particular, is basically like using the girls for his own fetishes and his yeah. own uh, thing that he's doing. And not only that, he's into BDSM, he's into whips, chains. They excite <laughs> him, as Rihanna would say. Um, I was waiting but, for it. Um, Not the Rihanna reference, but like you were, you you mentioned this earlier, uh, in in just the conversation when she opens the drawer. And no, there because are flash when when drives. he, so I want to make it clear that like if you're into BDSM, fine, that's your thing. Again, but Rihanna gave you permission. 
So <laughs> Rihanna gave you permission. So she's um, investigating in his house when he's out of the house. And she opens this big uh, armoire and it's full of BDSM toys right. and whips, whips and ball collars gags, like and all, all, this, stuff. all this stuff. And you're like, okay. Like me, I think us as Westerners, we're like, all right. So he's I into mean, BDSM. He, right. Like he Perhaps saw Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't want to speak for an entire country, but perhaps that moment is really shocking for Korean audience. It could be. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, I'm maybe just it is. talking out loud. It was for me, it was when she opened the drawer and it was an organized, labeled row upon row of USB drives mm. that I was like, <gasps> Oh, Ugh. Ugh. it's like the air got sucked out of the room. Yes. 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 Uh, so so the, the part that he was recording these women, drugging this, these women. You had to know at that point that it was without their consent. Yeah. That it was, you know, he was sexually assaulting these women. How often do you run in a movie? Do you see when somebody has a flash drive that it's a good thing? Right, right. It's always this like terrible thing. Like what's on the flash drive? And, right, like, right. It this could be ominous. like secrets that a government doesn't want to get out. Right, it's, right, right. Like, There's never know, been a good USB drive. I don't think so. I do not yeah. think so. Right. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this his crime of drugging these women and videotaping them reminds me of a of a it was either a serial rapist or a serial killer and it might be a combination of two different criminals that mm. i'm thinking of one had taken video like it was videotapes at that point Oops. when i watched this documentary they were saying how all of the police force had to sit there and watch these videos and try and identify the victims mm. And nobody wanted to come forward because then it was very similar to how they were enticing or coercing these young women into being sex slaves. It's like, oh, well, then we'll show all of this footage that we have of you to your friends and family. And it's going to ruin your life. Right. Which is. So, yeah. So that was the impetus. That was the big hang up in the case in the real life case was no but no victims wanted to come forward mm. because it would ruin their life they had kids they had a whole family they had no recollection that this happened to them because they were drugged at the time so it was very jarring and shocking and traumatic for them and they didn't want to press charges because then their name would be out there and i don't know if you had ever heard of this type of you know, exploitation? Not like, well, I think the only thing that comes anywhere close to something like that here in the United States that I've mm-hmm. heard is just usually what we deem as revenge porn, which is kind uh-huh. of a guy will release like videos and pictures of, you know, stuff that was sent to him by a, by a girl and then, you know, as an act of malice, as an act of revenge for whatever ter- stupid reason, he deems that it's, yeah, I should do this. Mm. Um, that's the only comparison that I have. And and that's super embarrassing for the girl in that situation because, you know, those mm-hmm. weren't meant for everyone. That was meant right. for the person she sent them to. Mm-hmm. But in the case... That we're talking about in the movie and in the case of real life circumstances, this is something that was against their will, mm-hmm. you know. But even in that case, it's still, you know, shocking and traumatic to have that video go public for everyone to see, you know. Right. So that's why that high school student was like, that's why I'm here, because otherwise they would send this video out like it doesn't matter that (laughs) she's a victim right it doesn't matter like it was like you know this victim blaming right this part of victim blaming that is very evident throughout this movie and throughout real life like in in real life this happens too and i wish that i knew 
the name of the serial killer or the name of the documentary. I feel like it was the, I feel like it was the Hwasong serial murders that I watched a documentary on. Mm -hmm. And the serial killer's name is Lee Chun Jae. And he was in his 20s when he was committing those murders. Mm. Um, yeah, but don't quote me on that. It might gotcha. have, this sounds <laughs> terrible to say, but it might have been another, might have been another. <laughs> serial rapist killer. Um, yeah, so I was wondering if you had seen that before because it felt so familiar to me. Not specifically that. Interesting. I mean, I've definitely heard of stories of like, you know, sex trafficking rings and, and stuff like that. But I've never heard details of that where they're kind of um, blackmailing well, like, the victim. Right. The victim, you know? Right. They were blackmailing the girls into staying in this world, in this life, um, which is really sad. I don't know if they maybe tried to do too much. In the movie, like they had, so they had this guy who was serial, what do you even say? It was a sexual assault slash taking video of them. Yeah. Drugging them. I mean, what is that? Like four different, three or four different crimes. And he had so many of them. And then on top of that, he was in charge of the human trafficking. Right. Or a portion of a the portion human tra- of trafficking for this gang. Which crazy stuff when they when they introduced that in the movie. Right. I was like, oh, this is like something some this is more and I thought that it would lead to something bigger mm-hmm. towards the end. Which so I I wanna take this as a transition into um how the movie establishes the villains, but mm-hmm. I don't think it does it very well. So, Pro Choi is not the big bad. <laughs> no, the big bad is like the cartel, the mafia of this group led by Joe, CEO yeah, Joe. CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, he has like this menacing, t- he's very cold, business like type of leader, you know, where it's like. You know, I'm gonna take over that for you, and he's like, "What? What do you mean?" And he's like, "Like, like well, he laughs stuff off unclear. because you think it's unclear what he was doing. Like, Pro Choi was doing drug business on the side outside of the regulation of the gang, right? Right, exactly. Okay. Then, what was the drug he was producing with Myungshik, the pharmacist? Was that those little fish shaped ones? Yeah. That's exactly what it was, because they they show what was inside the fish shape. They never say, they never say what it okay, is. Okay, okay, I thought I had missed it. So, I think it was like a um like a reefer, like a you know what I'm saying, like right. Because the best inclination, right? The best inclination that you get is towards the end when she walks into the lab where they're growing the stuff and the plants there. Some of them look like weed, but it could have been a little bit more. It could have been something along the lines of some type of hallucinogenic. Uh, but I think it's more along the lines of what you're saying, which is some type of date rape. Because a lot of the, you know, just tying the two together. You you have these drugs because, with the I sex mean, the trafficking. people that showed up for the drug drop mm-hmm. on the bridge. Yeah. They they did not look... They just look like yeah, dudes who were like, like just trying to get some drugs. Like one guy was on a bicycle. Yeah. So... No, they don't look like they showed up in a nice like vehicle right. or anything. They look like... I don't know. And then I think he threw out one of the plastic fishes after he had used it. Right. On her, presumably her drink. Right. When Okchu goes to the ho- the hotel with him. Yes. So, yeah. So then I believe that it is a date rape type of drug. Which, what the hell does that say? That they're, he's producing a date rape drug in the shape of like a little plastic fish. And advertising it as sushi. Right. Yeah, like. Because <laughs> he asks, she asks... <laughs> 
I think in the d- DMs, in Insta DMs, he asked her, how many soy sauce packets do you want? Indicating like how many, well, what's your order? Right, exactly. And she just says, oh, I just want one soy sauce packet. And he like leaves the chat. He leaves the chat. He's like. Something nope. about the one soy sauce, one date rape fish packet that was like, okay, this is this is not a real. Yeah. Well, what triggered me to that being more like a code word was when you go to the page and he's like, I'm doing sushi orders. I only take Bitcoin. I was like, oh, yeah. there's some yeah. shady shit here. <laughs> like right. anybody who's like, I only take Bitcoin. Red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I want to talk about the gun dealers that we meet in this Bro, movie. Bro, before we do. Oh, yeah. wait, no, you know. Let's talk about the gun dealers. And then we'll circle back. Let's circle back on the girl mans. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we definitely have to. So when it comes to the gun dealers, I found it to be somewhat super, uh, superfluous the way they introduced these characters, a bit kooky, like, oh, right. we're it was gonna... kind of fun. Uh, I liked it, it. It's a little fun, uh, but I will say that it is an easy way to explain, like, Chekhov's guns and flamethrower. <laughs> oh, yes. The, yes, yes. And I was just 100%. like, oh, okay, so we're going to get a flamethrower in the end somewhere. I died laughing when this little grandma, Kim Jong-ok, they had her with a flamethrower. Yes. She's like, this was meant to kill wasps, wasps. And I'm like, what is going? I still had so many questions. And then she just fires the flamethrower. And it's going like 100 feet farther than they are. I was I- dying of laughter. <laughs> I couldn't help but think of the the line from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when oh. Leo's testing it and he's like, anything we could do about this heat? And the do, guy's like, it's a flamethrower. But that is, is it true that that was an improv? Like, not improv, an improv but that was him that was in him. character talking, like Leo DiCaprio asking the person, what can we do about this heat? Because it's so hot. Yeah, apparently that was. <laughs> Anything we could do about this heat? It's a flamethrower. But flame he was just talking in character. Oh my god, I love it. It's a flamethrower. Okay, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a clever way. It, it's it brings some levity to uh, a dark topic that was happening in the movie in terms of uh-huh. everything going on. So it was nice. Do you know why it's so kooky? I think. Why do you think? Well, you know that guns are illegal in Korea. Okay. You didn't. I didn't quite know that. No. Guns are li- That's why everybody got knives. Oh. oh. That's why Does that people make a are lot always of sense? pulling out knives. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got Even it, got the it. gangsters are pulling out knives. Knives. Because... This is inordinately difficult to get a hold of guns in Korea. Okay. Okay. So Which is the why fact that when these people have like these old guns and everything. Right. Okay. It's clicking. It's it clicking. clicks. It clicks. For okay. Me. Got it. Right. That's why I didn't find it that like out outland. I mean, it was outlandish, but I didn't find it out like outside the bounds of this really can't happen in a, in a story about this revenge that's going about to that's about to happen. So, got it. Okay. Let's go ahead and circle back to what we wanted to uh, mention because we I mentioned because- this earlier. Yeah, I agree that the girl mans, I thought they were lovers, or at least Okju thought that they could be more, that she maybe loved her, loved Mini, the ballerina. Mm-hmm. The movie kind of dancing. dancing with it's it. dancing with it, yeah. Yeah, because maybe it's just the way uh, it's viewed in Korea. I don't know if same-sex relationships are... Something that is as prevalent as it is in the United States. I would uh, say no. Probably not. So probably not. Showcasing yeah. that in a movie, you know, maybe is not their priority, but they they definitely hint at it. The color scheming whenever they're together of, you know, dancing between 
blue and red, making it purple the and binary pink. Lighting. The the yeah, exactly the binary lighting. Like it's it's really obvious that Okju has an emotional and somewhat romantic att- attachment to the <laughs> yeah. ballerina. Yeah. But then, you know, the movie knows when to pull back on like, mm-hmm. we're not going to show you anything. You know, we're not going to show gonna them. not going to confirm or deny. <laughs> exactly. We're not even going to show them like really hug that much. Like right. they're going to get close in a photo and, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that's as close as we'll get. The photo booth stuff. Yeah, photo like... booth stuff. Like photo booth. <laughs> when you think photo booth in a movie, that is like romantic yeah. stuff happening between two characters usually. Correct. Yeah. Or the beginnings of a romance. So the fact right. that these two characters did that and you're telling me, oh, <laughs> you know what it, what it is? It's those women who later in life, they're constantly traveling with their best friend. <laughs> I put that best friend in quotations. Get out. It's like, oh, yeah, this is my best friend, Nora. We've been we've been friends for 10 years and we go everywhere together. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> Stop with the hmm. face. <laughs> yeah, you guys are very close now and friendly. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So I fully believe that I saw a meet cute. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yes. At the bakery? Once you get the at cake. The, the, yeah, the cake shop. Yeah, that's a meet cute. That's a meet cute. That is easily something that you would see in a romantic comedy. She goes like, in for a cake on. and the ballerina recognizes her. She's like, we went to middle school together, whatever, whatever class, and is excited to see her. And she's like, oh, like kind of taken aback. They eat afterwards. They go out. They go celebrating her birthday, celebrating the birthday. They go to like art exhibits together. They go to the beach together. Uh They go swimming together. You know, like. (laughs) Yo. You're Yo. telling me they're not a couple? Like, come on. Come on. Best friends, my ass. And anyway, so the movie anyway. dances with it. I think I would have commit. enjoyed the movie more if they had just said, oh, they were lovers. Yeah. I would have been like, yes. Yes. She's they avenging are. the loss of her love. Yeah. Like, that is But then an they easy don't sell. even make it make sense of why, how long were they out of touch? What the hell was Okchu doing? Why did she quit her job? Yeah. Like, they don't go... Like, John Wick is the same way. Like, what is he doing day in and day out? Nothing. No. But you Because understand. he quit his job. Right. He quit his job. He retired. Mm-hmm. Like, you understand right. why he did it as well. Like, he found the love By of the his life. By the time you get to the end of the movie, you understand, like, what his job was. But in this movie, you still don't fully comprehend... What was she doing? What was she doing? How did she... She like, was guarding VIPs. Okay, Kevin Costner, tell me more. Yeah, like I want to like, know more about the world that you right. were in. So it makes sense that you are this amazing killer in the world that we're watching. Mm. But we don't get enough. It's I don't understand the, how, because here's the also the rub for me is even if they find they don't admit that they're, that they're a lesbian couple, fine. But then how the hell does a ballerina know that Okju can exact revenge for her on her behalf? How does exactly. she know? Does she know that she had all these skills? Has she ever seen her in action? Does Okju ever open up and tell her about what she did as a bodyguard? I mean, maybe Besides she does. saying I was a bodyguard? But we don't see that. I don't get it, you know? This movie can be summarized with this sentence. We didn't get enough. Mm. And you you can say that about plot points. You could say that about the action scenes. You could say that about quite a few things. Yeah. We did not get enough. And it's a shame because I think the movie has the potential mm-hmm. to be like this like cult classic following that you, you know, pe- when people start saying, oh, have you seen this Korean movie? Mm-hmm. Like it could be in that sentence, but and here's my thing too is that when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, this is that movie that they are doing in the John Wick franchise." I thought it was going to be that spinoff, The Ballerina. Right. That was also confusion there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because they titled it after something we know is coming. 
you know, right. with, a movie that's coming down the line, a spinoff. A For spin-off. those who don't know, yeah, John Wick four movies in the franchise, but it's getting a spinoff called The Ballerina, and it stars um, Ana de Armas. As the ballerina. And if you saw John Wick 3, Parabellum, there is a scene where there's a ballerina in the, uh, I think it was. The theater in New York. It was like a Russian ballet. Yeah, yeah. It was still in New York. Okay. I thought he was in um, Belarus. Not yet. Not yet at that moment. So anyway, that ballerina is the subject of the spinoff. Anyway. Right. So. Long story short, I thought this movie was related to the John Wick franchise. And it's not. (laughs) And so then when we found out that it's not, we thought, oh, they beat him to the punch by doing something similar and calling it ballerina. Right. But, like, the main character is not the ballerina. I wished that she was the ballerina and that's how they they started their lesbian romance was that they were both ballerinas in the same company. That would have been interesting. You know, like Black Swan type shit. Yeah, some Black Swan stuff. Although I did get some, like... You know, like hints of Black Swan, you know, early on, like the way the camera was moving around this that central ballerina oh, character, right? Like it, it was like kind of intense, and so like it, you know, in my head, I was like, "Huh, Black Swan," you know. Mm. So, okay, <laughs> I was perfect. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else. Do you have? Oh anything my else? god. We forgot to rate this out of five soju bottles. Yes. Yes, we did. This will be the last thing we do and then we'll get out of here. Okay. So yeah. what did you rate it out of five soju bottles? I would have rated it a C like on a grade level because yeah. we've been doing grade levels on Always a Crit- on Always a Critic podcast. But like for soju bottles, I guess two and a half. Two and a half. That would put maybe, it like Maybe right three if I was, you know. Being... Generous. It's so pretty. Like it's so pretty to look at, right? Right. Gotcha. I don't know. And I, the soundtrack was really good. Yeah, soundtrack was pretty good as well. Uh, I think I'm doing it one and a half. Get get out. Yeah. Get one and out. A half. I have too many complaints about the movie. Is the problem? Like I saw the potential. That's why, like I I had the first bottle and I was like, okay, we're rolling, and then. <sighs> You know, the because movie. I like the intro sequence too. I was really excited after the intro sequence, yes. which we didn't talk about. The convenience store fight. Yes. Great opening sequence for right. our character. I loved it. And the movie kind of just like slows down <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. An hour and a half, and some for some reason you slow down. You know, I have to say that I let, <laughs> for some reason, you slow down. I liked that the ballerina was at the end of the movie because they had that flashback scene where she was like, I want to be reborn as a fish after Mm -hmm. I die and whatever. And then at the end, you see the ballerina under the water. Under the water. In the sea. Very, very nice I love that visual. Like, it's very poetic. and like I don't know. It worked. That worked. So that is our review. Yeah. Ballerina. <laughs> we had too much fun with this. We it's did. supposed to be spooky season and we're like laughing our way through this nope. freaking movie. No. Now, <laughs> something that is spooky is human trafficking. Totally spooky. Oh my God. Absolutely. But this movie, not so much. Not so much spooky. Well, the, not once so they much had scary. like the CEO character with this severe middle part. What oh yeah, think? like his hair. <laughs> they just... had it like slicked back. <laughs> I was, I was like, huh, that's a choice. That that's is a, a choice. choice for your yeah. hairstyle. Okay, so all right, we're done. <laughs> this has been our crossover episode here yeah. on Always the Critic slash Daybok K Rambles. Yeah, uh, thank you for joining us. If again, if this is your first time on either feed, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. If you want to go ahead and follow us on socials for Always a Critic, you can go to Always Critic Pod. For Daybok, you go to Daybok Pod. And so you can find us anywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, And if you've done all that, go ahead and check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Always Critic Pod. You'll be supporting both shows in that same Patreon 
uh, do what all of our other supporters are already doing for as little as $2 a month. You can check us out there with more content for you guys. Jessica is really good about putting out Daybot content there. So check it out <laughs> for sure. I keep saying that I need to do more and then I, I don't. And then you don't. I know. What's going on, Rico? I know. I get know. it together. <laughs> I need to get it together. But I will. I will get it together. So that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been a very special episode of Always the Critic Movie Podcast and Teba K Rambles Podcast. This is how I do it. This is how I do it. I, I, I do it. This is how I do it. This is how I do it. I, I, I do it. This is how I do it. This is how I do it. My shoes make the kick a little right flash. Big titties so lonely, but I'm a dumb kiss. You don't know how to make the girl be right. Swish, polygot to more, the character, they on my back.